Hello everyone and welcome to this week's episode of El Vanilo, the podcast that looks at the greatest albums of all time and the history around it. Uh, my name is Adam and this is Matt. Hi Matt, you okay? Hi, I'm really good, thank you. You looking forward to this week's episode? I am buzzing about this week's episode. Yeah, I can't wait, I can't wait. Before we get into this week's episode, uh, I just wanted to share with you some album scores that we had uh, sent in to us on Twitter. Um, Come on. By, by a listener, so at It'll be fine on Twitter. Uh, he gave the past two albums that we listened to um, a score. He said that the Zombies, um, Odyssey and Oracle, he gave a two out of five. Uh, and <sighs> Sly and the Family Stones album, uh, there's a ride going on again, two out of five. Um, so I pressed them on it. I said, uh, were there any highlights that they had of the albums? What, what did they enjoy? Uh, and they said neither jumped out at them. Uh, it kind of agreed with me that the zombies kind of felt like a not quite as good Beatles, which, which is true. Um, wow. And they said that uh, Sly, although talented, uh, they thought was just background music and they couldn't invest in it. They couldn't connect with it, uh, which I thought was interesting. He said, neither are terrible, but they are in the top. Neither are terrible, but neither should they be in the top 100. But he's prepared for better. Come on. Like. So I think I think... Um, I share that prepared for a bit better. Yeah. It's almost like the best is yet to come. Absolutely. Some some would say that. Some would, some would say. Emblazon that in a slogan on the wall. Um, but yeah, but we love the enthusiasm. Uh, keep the comments coming in. Keep the ratings coming in. Um, come on. And, and send them to us. Uh, we'll be giving the socials out at the end of the Yeah, we will. Yeah, we will. And this week's album is Elvis Costello um, and the Attractions. Um, and the album is this year's model and I think you know you're just talking about like the albums that are in the 90 to 100 category but I think the albums are ramping up and uh, I'm excited for them I'm excited for them so this album is from 1978 and Let's get into some context. Let's get into some history. What have you got for us, Adam? Uh, so, end of the 70s. Uh, it's a time when music is getting a bit heavier uh, and rock and roll is no longer kind of about meeting your mates in a jukebox parlour and having some milkshakes. Um, it's getting a bit more grungy, a bit more a bit more grown-up, adult. Uh, however, alongside that, there's been a growth in a new music scene. Uh, some would say a funkier music scene. Uh, disco was starting to really grow. Disco was starting to, to evolve. Um, into what we kind of see in the 80s. Um, the Bee Gees are releasing some bangers. Um, yeah, so Saturday Night Fever was released in 1978. Um, and obviously that was just a big, big hit. John Travolta did very well in 1978 because not only did Saturday Night Fever come out, but Grease also came out as well. So he was very, very popular. He killed this year. He, he honestly didn't have to work again after 1978. But he chose Come to on. because the Scientology aliens told him to. But whatever, that's fine. Um, there were some other music events that happened in 1978. That has made me laugh. That That is a sentence I never thought was going to come out of this podcast. Well, after all the Disney facts last week, I thought we can t- we can touch on a variety of different topics. It's not it's not just music yeah, and history. Great. No, it isn't. Happen. No, continue, um, continue. The Church of Scientology is going to come after me now. So not only is zombies Good. zombies fans, <laughs> and now the Church of Scientology. Um, it's fine. Uh, other music events that happened in 1978. Uh, the Sex Pistols play their final show. 
Um, but then they <laughs> wow <laughs> <laughs> we'll get onto them in a couple we of weeks I think uh, but then they do a reunion show in 1993 so that's not the last anyone heard of them um, Van Halen debuts with their self-titled album and Eddie Van Halen basically changes the guitar playing game um, with his techniques and with his Frankenstrat that he's made and incredible uh, and sadly Keith Moon the drummer of The Who died um yeah, so that was some, some musical facts. Uh, other events, quickly, that happened in 1968. Uh, the Camp David Accords were signed between Egypt and Israel in Step Towards Peace. Very volatile in the Middle East all through the 70s and 80s. Um, the first women astronauts for the USA, girl power. Uh, the first test tube baby was born in the UK. Garfield was created. We all hate Mondays. Um, and then two famous births, Ashton Kutcher, very handsome man. And then also Kobe Bryant was born in 1978. Mm. Rest in peace, Kobe. Um, so yeah, it was a an interesting interesting time, the end of the 70s. Yeah, yeah. I had some facts, history facts Come for on. you. There were three popes in the year of 1978. Okay. That's amazing, isn't it? Can you name them? Uh, I've got them written in front of me, so yeah, but I, <laughs> but I just copied them off the internet. So uh, Pope Paul VI dies at 80. John Paul I becomes Pope, uh, and then he dies 33 days later. And so Cardinal Carol, oh no. I, I saw that last name, here. I don't know whether you're going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to call him Cardinal Carol. <laughs> what, didn't, they, didn't, didn't they do Countdown? Oh no, that one. <laughs> Uh, becomes Pope, uh, becomes Pope, and is renamed John Paul II. So three popes in one year. That is, that if, is a fact and a half, isn't if it? If he was the Polish Pope, interesting thing. Another interesting fact. We'll get to the music in a moment. Um, my old flatmate, he, his granddad was born in Poland, and he played football with that Pope as a kid. Wow. There we go. Amazing. So if he is, we're not quite sure, but if. Then your old housemate, but his granddad played football with him. That back in the that is country. something. Yeah, I, that is something. If that's the if that's not the Polish Pope, disregard disregard that that fact. <laughs> amazing, amazing. Some other facts: uh, Argentina wins the World Cup in their own land. So, uh, yeah, Liverpool won the European Cup. Nah. No one cares about no that. Cares about that. Um, <laughs> noticeable films. You've already said Greece, Saturday Night Fever. Can you name another notice, noticeable uh, album from that year? Film this or album? Cl- it's a it's a film. Sorry, it's a film. Okay, um, uh, it's um, no, it's close to your heart. My first, my first thought is Con Air, but that was in the nineties, so it's not that because that's my favorite film. I don't know what 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 came out. Star Wars Episode oh, Four came out, and you hope, of course, and you hope that that is a big landmark. Considering what that film did for for science fiction and for films yeah. and, and practical effects and everything like that, yeah, that's a that that is a big one to be fair. And for the first time, this album feels like it's in a world which I can relate to a little bit. I mean, only a little bit, but some of the things I'm like, oh yeah, I get that. Oh yeah, I understand mm. that. Mm. Uh, and I think I can feel that with this album. And so uh, we'll move on. But notable albums from this year: Rumors from Fleetwood Mac. Uh, Van Halen, Van Halen, you've already said that. Uh, the Jam, all mod cons. Bruce Springsteen, Darkness on the Edge of Town. 
which is a really great album. I've been listening to that recently. Kate Bush, The Kick Inside. So really, really strong albums. Uh, but this album is something special. Oh, it really is. And so what did you think of this album, Adam? Um, so we're on uh, Elvis, Con- Elvis Costello and The Attractions. Um, what did you think? And this is their second album, but it's the first album with The Attractions. So it's the first one as a group, but it's Elvis Costello's um, second album. What did you think of it? So I... I never really listened to much of Elvis Costello. There was just a couple of, of songs of his, uh, She, and and there was another one, which is so good that I've clearly forgotten it, that I'd listened to. Wasn't like a big Elvis Costello fan. But then as soon as I turned this album, this album on, it just blew me away. Listening to it was actually really enjoyable, really engaging. Come on. I, I absolutely, from start to finish, every song I really enjoyed. There's not too many albums that make me think... I enjoy every single song on this album, but right. this was definitely, definitely one of them. This is a brilliant album, isn't it? Mm-hmm. I, I hope, I remember you taking the mic out of me a few years ago for like an Elvis Costello. Yeah. And you have been turned around here, right? Absolutely. Come on, because I was worried a few weeks ago that we were going to get to this album and you're going to rip it apart. And I was like, no. No, no. But it's so good. So let's, um, Elvis Costello is just a lyrical genius, a musical genius. He looks a little bit like Buddy Holly. His tone and his songs, you can't really place them, can you? You can't. No. Like, there's a little bit of reggae in there, there's a bit of ska, but there's then this kind of pre-80s sound that's really good um, and really just really, like, jangly, kind of like uh, The Pretenders. And I... You know, I think he's just amazing. I think he's so great. And he was brought up in London. Uh, he spent a little bit of time living in Birkenhead. Come on. Uh, that's where Adam lives, everybody. So there you go. All the greats come from Birkenhead. I mean, it, it's true to some degree. You're almost like a little Elvis Costello. you got glasses. You aren't from Birkenhead, but now live there. <laughs> before before this album, I would have been very offended by that. But now I actually want that on my gravestone. He was a, a little Elvis Costello. Come on. Really good. Come on. Yeah. I've got another fact for you. Come on. Paul McCartney. Mm. So this isn't, we've talked about the Beatles every episode and we will have <laughs> episodes where we don't talk about them. But Paul McCartney said that Elvis Costello was one of the closest um, John alikes he ever found. Mm. And so he had like, he was a little bit introverted. He was a little bit cynical and he really enjoyed co-writing with him. And I just thought, you know, this is my guy. What a guy. I had a thought for midway through this album. Um, I thought, first time listening to it, I thought if the Beatles were going to do a reunion in like the mid 70s and John didn't want to do it, you'd get Elvis Costello in because he'd just be a natural fit. And if they wanted to make a new album and John wow. didn't want to do it, you could get Elvis Costello in and it would be inc- it would be the same. I don't think you'd miss wow. much. And that's pretty much the highest compliment I think I could give it to anyone. It, honestly, it just some of the things that were on this album i just thought that's like john lennon but like even a little bit better that's just yeah it has something remember this mm. but we're gonna do like our fantasy super groups at one point yeah when this is all over <laughs> we're, we're gonna do some of this stuff because that is a fascinating thought isn't it and i think that is a really exciting idea 
Um, but I think you answered something there. So uh, let's get into this album. Let's get a bit deeper into it. So what were some of your favorite tracks on this album and why? Um, so the ones that stand, stood out to me, um, there were three. So Pump It Up. I never knew this was Elvis Costello. And like the drum beat kicked in. And I thought this sounds a little bit familiar. It's a fairly standard drum beat. And then that kicked in and I thought, Oh my way, I know this song. Everyone knows this song. And it's just a it's just a hit. It's yeah. and it's one of those songs as you said, you can't place it because that could have came out in two thousand and eight. Yeah. With the kind of indie scene that was going on and it could have come out in the eighties now. It could have come out anytime and it just sounds really fresh. It could come out now and I think it would do pretty well as a song. It's just a just a great song. Sorry, just before we go on, this is a perfect example of this album having the strongest intros. Mm. If you are in a band or a musician, you want to know how to start a song, these guys nail it every time. Every intro is so good. Every intro is, is perfect. It fits so well. It's so good. And and speaking of intros, my, one of my other songs that I just loved was, was Lipstick Vogue. I think if you're a drummer, you need to listen to this album because the drums on it are incredible. There's a bit of everything, as you said, a bit of ska, a bit of punk, a bit of whatever. And this Lipstick Vogue song, that drum intro, the drums throughout it are just incredible. It's like it's like a pre-skate punk song. Before skate punk was, I guess, even a thing, it could be yeah, a Blink-182 song, it could be an Arctic Monkeys song with the bass line in it. Oh, it was just, it blew me away. When that drum intro started, I had to restart it very quickly. It's one of those one of those songs where midway through it you go, I've got to start it again because I need to hear that intro. It was yeah. it 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 got to me. I loved it. Yeah, so good. So good. Um and then the final song that kind of um stuck out to me was Radio Radio. Um so good. Just for its lyrical lyrical content. Good little fact about Radio Radio, which this is one of the songs that really kind of propelled Costello. Um yeah. he filled in for someone on Saturday Night Live. They couldn't do it. Um, so he filled in for them as the musical guest. Um, and due to the kind of nature of the lyrics, which was condemning kind of commercial broadcasting and, and radio of the time, um, Lorne Michaels, who's the producer of SNL, was like, you can't play radio, radio. Like, we won't have it. You can't do it. So Elvis guess I was like, fine, I won't. Plays another song. Midway through the song, he yells at his band to stop. He's like, stop, stop, stop. This is live television. You can't stop it. He tells them to stop and counts into Radio Radio and plays the song. And obviously that's a really controversial thing and it just propels this album and, and him kind of in America and just makes him a, a talked about figure. And I love the fact that he took such a, a gutsy move because he really believed in what he was singing about and really believed in in the song and just thought, well, I don't care what you say, I'm going to play it. And it's yeah. just, and apart from that, it's just a, a jam. It's just a great song. It is a jam. It is a jam. It's a great song, isn't it? Mm. Great song. And the lyrical content all over this album. He he is amazing at lyrics. In the Paul McCartney thing, I watched uh, the interview. He said, uh, I asked Elvis if he had any ideas. And he brought out like five books <laughs> of different ideas. And I just love it. And, you know, they're not black and white either. They're, they're with the catchiest beats. Mm. They're kind of... you. They're just not black and white, and they're just hard, not hard to understand, but you have to go into them, and you have to to really uh, think about them, and I, I just really loved the lyrics. 
specifically on this year's girl. Mm. So I've been writing a few songs and I've been trying to get into that. And I just have a new appreciation for the art of it. And he rhymes at one point, synthesizes, tranquilizes, bodybuilding prizes, but no surprises. Brilliant. Unbelievable. He's so good with lyrics. So good with lyrics. And that song is from This Year's Girl. And I don't know if you noticed, Adam, but it has that Ticket to Ride yeah. uh, intro. It's yeah. just straight, it's ripped from it. Ripped and, from it. And that intro, that drum beat is so ringo. And it's so, like a lot of professional drummers, like Dave Grohl and stuff like that, talk about how incredible that drum beat is and how difficult it is to kind of think about it and how he came, how Ringo came up with it. And you'd think, oh, it wouldn't work in any other song. And yet here is Elvis Costello just taking it and go, I'll have that. And I'll yeah. turn it into this incredible 50s, 60s rock song, but in the modern, modernish era. Yeah. Brilliant. And it even, I thought, um, you know, the intro to I Don't Want to Go to Chelsea mm. sounded like Rock and Roll by Led Zeppelin. Okay. It was, yeah. it, I think it was pretty much ripped as well. But this band is, is phenomenal. Mm, absolutely. Like these bands are so good. If you are a musician, you need to listen to this album. Sometimes you hear people talk about like instruments that you need to have your. A dynamic range or you need to own your frequencies and this album is perfect for that there's only four instruments i can hear at any one time like guitar bass drums and like a keyboard or an organ and they all pick the perfect frequencies they do it so so well and um i just think oh, i just i'm gonna listen to it over and over again mm. just learning from this band how to do things i think it's so good I think something that a phrase that you said last week, which struck me was about Sly and the Family Stone, was that it was a musical education. And if if Sly and the Family Stone, that album, there's a right going on, was an education, this is a master's degree. Yeah, it is. It's just, yeah, how to compose songs, how to, every genre, how to master them, how to mix them. It's all in there. Yeah, yeah. and there's so many things to learn. I was looking at some of the chord structures, and Elvis Costello uses this like four chords of the major scale often, and he goes back to it and then jumps to the one, and he goes back to the four and jumps to the one, but then the second time he does it, they jump to the six or the five instead, and it just keeps you on your toes. And this is like a famous Costello trick, like he does it over all kinds of songs across across all of his uh um catalogue mm. and i just think it's genius i think it's genius and a lot of this album was kind of um was kind of made in that pubs and clubs kind of arena where you're getting together you're promoting yourself and that's how you're getting together and that's how you're getting your music out there and i would have loved to have been there in 1978 and heard this band i i think it wipes the floor with anything of its time i i really really like i was thinking i know we we had a quick jive at like the sex pistols but <laughs> the sex pistols if we're finished this year mm. and to me this album like lyrically musically wipes the floor with them Absolutely. and okay culturally it's something a bit different but i think this is just so strong and so ahead of its time absolutely um yeah, it's just uh, the thing that still sticks with me is the the mixing of it. It sounds so current and the, it's so mixed so so well. And 
Yeah, just I, I could imagine being in like a pub in 1978, 1979, trying to listen over the crowd to this band do these songs. And I think as soon as something like, I don't know, something like Night Rally comes in or Lipstick Vogue or if they played This Year's Girl in, in the pub, everyone would stop. I think you'd have everyone stopping and watching and enjoying it and getting into it because it really, it's songs and music that makes you sit up and listen. Yeah, It grabs your yeah, attention, yeah. it grabs hold of you, it ignites something in you. Um, and yeah. also, him as a as a love song writer, Little Triggers is probably one of my new favourite songs of all time because as a love song, so it's brilliant. So good, isn't it? Yeah. And this band can play anything you want them to. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a fill in there that is just really simple, like single hits on the drums. And then I was like, wow, that's so simple. And then the fill after it is like super complicated. <laughs> and they can they basically serve the song so well. And they, they can play whatever they want, but they don't just go like heavy metal crazy on it. They just play music. And, it, you know, I think some of the, the best music is when, or the best musicians are the musicians that can play anything, but don't just play everything. But they are really just serving the song and listening out. I think you can hear that on this album really well. So we like to compare this album with an album that came out in 2020, which is the year that we're recording. Uh, and so the album that came out this week, which was notable, um, was by Jerry Cinema. Mm. And it was called The Bonnie. Right. And you introduced me to Jerry Cinema uh, <laughs> last year, Adam, when we were doing a few gigs in the summer. Yeah. And... I it was Belter the song wasn't it? That's the one. So good, it's so great. good. And so this is his album, and he's been doing you know music for ages. But he, you know, almost ten years he's been doing this kind of thing, if not longer. But this is his latest album, and this has he's gone mainstream, hasn't he? Basically, and um, he's amazing. Mm. <laughs> he's really, really good. Yeah, um, I always find when I first listened to Jerry Cinnamon. And I listened to things like Belter and, and that front things from that EP. I always thought, how would this translate live? Because I'd heard he played at Glastonbury and Latitude Fest and all that. And I thought, well, how does this? Because I know Ed Sheeran does it, plays just him and his guitar, and it, and it works kind of well, I suppose. Um, but yeah, how does how does Jason do it? And then I watched a video of him playing, um, sometimes in Belter and things like that, um, live at Glastonbury and Latitude, and the crowd love it. There's something about Jerry Cinnamon because of the. The songs that he writes, how it's really real and emotional and it he doesn't shy away from where he's grown up. The one thing that always speaks to me with Jerry Cinnamon is that he sings in his accent. Mm. And I don't think there's many people in the charts who sing with their accents. They've all got this kind of London or American thing. Lewis Capaldi, Scottish. I can't really hear his accent when he sings, at least on his record. When he sings live, you can hear it a bit. So... I love, I think it's really refreshing. I love it, the fact that he sings in his accent. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. And I think it really connects with a lot of people because it's it's true, it's honest. It is true and it is honest. What were some of your highlight songs from this album? Um, the one that kind of stuck with me was uh, the kind of title track, In the Bonnie. Um, right. Or the Bonnie. Um, just, yeah, it painted a really, really great story, great melodies. Um, so I really enjoyed that one. That's the the one. Um. Yeah. What about yourself? I really liked Six String Gun, mm. um, and War Song Soldier. Just lyrically, just really strong, 
not shying away at all, dealing with like difficult topics, and uh, I just thought it was really good. And Canter was was my favorite off the album, and that's the first song on the album. I just thought uh, there is a a very good rhyme in there, which I won't say, <laughs> um, but I was like, that's a good rhyme, and I think. Uh, something that I took out of when I was comparing these two albums is uh, Elvis Costello grew up, or not grew up, uh, was doing his thing in like these pubs and clubs kind of uh, era. And Jerry Cinnamon has been doing this singer-songwriter kind of um, acoustic sessions thing, you know, open mic nights kind of thing. And I think they have both refined their sound in pubs and i thought you could hear it i don't think it's i think it's really real i think it's really authentic um on both albums and i really loved both of them i don't know what you think of that yeah um i mean one i enjoyed a lot more than the other but still they're both very strong very strong albums yeah yeah there's something about again jerry cinnamon that that kind of connects with you reaches out his songs are funny they make you think, they make you kind of, they make you empathize with them and about what it would be like to grow up in, in Scotland in a not very well area. Um, and especially where you've grown up, so we grew up in, in Liverpool and there are parts of Liverpool which are, are pretty, pretty down. And you can kind of see how people from those areas would be able to connect with, with this because wow, he's talking about playing as a kid around a bonfire while well, we do that you know around the bonnie it, it just it speaks to people and i really like that it's honest as i said and i don't think you get that especially in modern music anymore no no i don't think so i i'm fed up of listening to like you know i've i listen to a lot of kind of producers or like how to make music how to write music i don't think anyone ever says like it's got to be authentic mm. i think they go this is how you make a beat or this is how you and i'm I think I'm sick of like hearing music that isn't authentic. Um, and both these albums are such a breath of fresh air uh, for me. And I, I just love them. I just think they're really, really good. So we do this uh, segment where we kind of do like a would you rather. So would you rather keep The Bonnie by Jerry Cinnamon? Or would you rather keep uh, this year's model by Elvis Costello and the attractions? And so you said that one easily won out against the other, but which one is it and why did it beat the other one? I think it would be Elvis Costello. Um, this year's model wins out. It's not by much. I mean, it, it is the clear one, but it's not by much. Um, yeah, there's something about it's an album that keeps you guessing. Um, I wasn't expecting to hear a song that kind of sounds like The Police and then I wasn't expecting to hear something that sounded like Blink and it kept me guessing and I really enjoyed that and it kind of, yeah. it made me want to start a band. I was like, oh, I'd love to be in a band and just do this kind of rock and roll music that also keeps people guessing. Um, so it would be, yeah, it would be Elvis Costello. How about yourself? Yeah, whenever I see a band live that are really good, it makes me think, I wish I was up there. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it makes me think, like, I just need to go home and write an album or I just need to go home. And, and I think that's what a good gig does. I think that's what a good album does. I think that's what a good band does, isn't it? It really inspires you to to find your own sound and your own thing in that, yeah. especially if you are musicians or whatever art form it is. I, I think it makes you think, um, I could do that. 
and then you try it and you're like i could i couldn't do that <laughs> yeah i couldn't do that they're so good but they make it look so easy and they make it look so simple like some of the melodies on this album are so simple they're so simple, but the lyrics with them are so complicated. And I'm like, wow, th- this is such a talent, like a talented <laughs> guy. And I think like, obviously everyone's heard of Elvis Costello, but he hasn't got half the praise that he deserves. No. He's got nowhere near it. No, he's very, very under it. I think he's only won two Grammys. I think one was in the 90s and then one I think was last year or, or coming up to this year. I don't think he's got, as you say, nearly the, the critical acclaim that he probably should. Um, yeah, absolutely. Especially surrounded by his contemporaries. So like, you know, the Sex Pistols and stuff. Everyone knows the Sex Pistols. They're really famous. And yes, they kind of birthed a movement almost. But at the same time, their music's a bit crap. So it's not really understandable how Costello doesn't get as much. Yeah. Yeah, I, do, I don't really get it. I don't really get it. But I, I just, yeah, I think I'm going to pick... Um, I'm going to do the same. I'm going to pick this year's model mm. by Elvis Costello. I just think he's amazing. I've got a new love. Like I said last week, I'd only ever got into the greatest hits, but I think I'm going to have to go album by album. I'm going to have to have a listen. I, I have a song that is a real deep cut of Elvis Costello's. It's like a hipster deep cut that I'd love to share. Um, but throw my toys around. You you heard that, Adam? You must have heard it. This, it's the it's no doubt. Time. So it's no doubt with Elvis Costello. And he wrote the song and then gave it to um to No Doubt. Oh wow. And it is it's a great song. It's I can really imagine good. that would be really good. And his his harmonies on it with <laughs> Gwen Stefani. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Just they're amazing, honestly. So check that out. Throw my toys around. I think it's on one of their B sides, so I mean everything's easy to find on streaming now, isn't it? So uh, if you check check that out. What we do now is we give it a rating and we decide whether it's going to go in our top 10 uh, albums. So we get 10 albums that we can keep from this 100 list. And so, first of all, what score are you giving this, Adam? Uh, for me, it's going to be a 4.5. Oh, come on. Yeah. yeah. That's a strong boy. It's a strong boy. I don't know what's going to make it a 5. I, I'm not sure yet. I think it's going to be my own bias. So all the Beatles mm. ones are going to be for But... Yeah, it, it's spoiler alert. Spoiler. Every every Beatles album will be a five for Adam. Everything, even even Yellow Submarine, all of them. <laughs> but yeah, um, yeah, four point five. It's 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 a belter. It's a good one. It, no pun intended. No pun intended. It's not a belter, but it is. It's not belter, but it is a belter. Yeah, yeah. that's why. I think I'm giving it. I really struggle with this. <laughs> I really really struggled. Because I realised that I've probably scored the other two too high <laughs> that oh, <wow>. we've done. <laughs> so I've already screwed myself over on this. But I think I'm going to give it a 4.5 as well. Hmm. It doesn't get much better than this, does it? Not really. I, I, think I, it, I don't yeah. think so. No, it it would have... Yeah, no, it doesn't. It just doesn't. I don't know what I was going to say. No. <laughs> no, it, it's a really strong album. And it, it's actually a bit of a discredit not to give it a 5. Hmm. But I think some of the albums coming up are going to be absolute bangers yeah so so yeah so both 4.5s which is good so that's the that's the strongest album by a long way that we've got uh so far and are you gonna put it in your top 10 Adam? does this even make you think about it because you said like there's no way i'm putting anything in for like a few a few weeks <laughs> or a few months it was on my second or third listen and i went yeah this has to go in 
So it goes in at number 10, but yes, this is definitely in my top 10. It's that, it's going constantly. I'm going to have to find a vinyl to put it in my collection and not play it, but I'm going to have to find some. Yeah, it's it's honestly, it's that good. And it's made me, it's made me a fan of Elvis Costello. And I'm going to have to, as you said, go album by album, find some more gems. Uh, And yeah, yeah, it goes in number 10, but it goes in. Come on. That's so good. I never thought we would get to this point where we'd get one in this early. I'm actually not going to put it in mine okay. <laughs> after that, but because I, I just, I mean, I've got a feeling there's some albums coming up that are going in my top 10 pretty soon. Um, So, yeah, but I'm, I'm buzzing that you found an album that you love that much. It's like a family member when you find it, isn't it? Like, <laughs> it is, yeah. You, you just, I mean, not, that's a stupid, you don't lose family members or, I mean, long lost parent trap something like that it's rediscovering rediscovering something that you never knew you'd lost yeah come on come on if only you were around in 1978 and elvis costello could get a quote off you i'd have stolen all his ideas and ripped them off as my own that's what i'd have tried to do and then it wouldn't have come off as well amazing so this is going in your top 10 which is really exciting Uh, and i think at the end of this we'll have a playlist of our top 10 Mm. that we'll put out and and things like that that's so amazing Great. Well, I think that brings us nice and neatly towards the uh, towards the end of the episode. Um, so thank you so much for listening, uh, Matt. Thank you for, for being here, as always. Been a pleasure. Uh, um, if you've been listening and you haven't yet subscribed, why haven't you? Come on, hit the little button. For? Um, yeah, give us a subscribe um, wherever you're listening from, whether that's iTunes or Spotify. Um, if you want to follow us on the socials, uh, on Instagram, uh, it's at Elvanilo, which is E-L-V-I-N-I-L-O. Uh, Matt, what is your Instagram handle? My Instagram handle is at Matt Courtney Music. So that's M-A-T-T-C-O-U-R-T-N-E-Y Music. It's quite a mouthful, but it, that's it. It's a long one. Um, and mine is Adam Courtney 95 That's Adam Courtney 95 uh, Same spelling of Courtney as well. Um, excellent. So yeah, give us a follow on there. Um, let us know. Interact with us. Give us your ratings for yep. for the album. Uh, let us know what you liked about it, what you didn't like about it. Um, also follow us on Twitter, which is uh, at Elvanilo two, little number two. There again, you can get in touch with us. Let us know what your thoughts is, and uh, yeah, we'll we'll interact with you on there. Leave us a positive review on iTunes if you're listening through that way, and then join us next week. As it's a big one, one of the big drum roll. Was was a good drum roll. We will be listening to the freewheeling Bob Dylan. Yes, by Bobby Dylan. Come on, come on! It's gonna be, it's gonna be a good one. It's gonna be a thinker. It's gonna be a thinker of an album. Uh, Yeah. And Adam, I'm going off the cuff here, right? Okay. But I've got a competition, right? Oh wow! If you follow us on social media. And you can guess what my number one lyric of all time is that's from this album. And you post it correctly. (laughs) This is quite difficult. Mm. But you will get a prize. You'll get a prize. And why don't you share it with your friends? Well, let's all get involved. Let's all. But one, like not one of, like my favorite ever lyric is in this album. And I want you to tweet us, to message us with what you think my favorite ever lyric is. And then, the of course, you've, you've got to tune in, in then to find out if you're right. And then we'll, uh, yeah, we'll be on something. That was off the, off the cuff. There was nothing in the script about that. There was nothing about it, but we're going to have a prize and everything, and it'll be amazing. Tell you what. And we'll even, uh, 
I don't know. It might, you might have to wait till after lockdown <laughs> to get it, but uh, you will definitely get something. Off the script. Talk about freewheeling. Excellent. Well, uh, Hallelujah. thank you for joining. And uh, yeah, we'll see you all next week. Take care. Stay safe. See you soon. Bye.